This morning, take your Bible and turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 6. It's where we were last week. It's where we'll be again this morning. Matthew chapter 6. We've been in this passage as we've been uh, leading up to Vision Sunday next week. And uh, we're considering a theme together over these few weeks together. And that is first things first. First things first. Matthew chapter 6. You know, as D.L. Moody, who has been attributed with the phrase, our greatest fear shouldn't be failure, but succeeding at something that doesn't really matter. And last week, we considered that together, that that there is a critical thing uh, for each of us in our lives, and, and, and the most important thing is finding out what is, in fact, critical and centering our life on it. And, and you know, last week we, we, we were in Matthew chapter 6, uh, just considering how we live in a day where everyone is vying for our attention. Uh, it would seem that everyone is lobbying for our allegiance. And whether it is advertisements to relationships, uh, we're confronted with, with, with people who are trying to gather and gain support, gather our devotion. And I don't know if you find yourself frustrated with the fact that life seems so busy. Uh, we feel in completely just overwhelmed, and um, it, it seems like life is just uh, bombarded with this steady stream of, of do this, or be this, or support this cause, or, or give your life for this thing. And, and, and last week we considered how in, in a day and age where there are so many good things, how is it that we as followers of Christ would center our life on the most important thing and consider that one question that Jesus um, in in effect is driving at through the gospels and that is what matters most. And remember last week we considered that, I don't know how you might answer that or how I may answer that, but the Bible answers that question for us. In fact, Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 tells us only... one thing that his followers are commanded to seek first. And that is in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus tells us, he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Would you stand with me this morning? We're going to read Matthew 6, verse 25 through verse 34 together. And once again, may this frame our our time together around the Word. Jesus, as he is teaching here, this is just part of a much larger sermon that Jesus is teaching from Matthew 5 all the way through Matthew 7. And we've just kind of landed right in the middle of Jesus' sermon. But as he is teaching there on the Sermon of the Mount, he says in verse 25, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor your body or what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet... I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? 
For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. And Lord, right now as we bow our heads and hearts before it, Lord, we do so with the awareness of the fact that you are God and you know what we need. And Lord, right now in this time, I'm praying that, God, your spirit would fill our hearts. Lord, would you direct us to your word and the truth of it. And Lord, for those this morning that are just overcome with worry, God, our hearts are so concerned with things that we've just been playing over and in repeat in our mind. Lord, we're asking this morning for your power to pervade our mess and Lord, to give us clarity, Lord, to give us peace. Lord, to give us things that can only be from you. And so we're asking, Lord, independence this morning. Uh, we're looking to you for these things. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. You can be seated. Well, you know, I've been thinking a lot personally in my own life. And as we've been preparing for some things, I, I've just been asking the question recently. And I don't know if you've ever asked this question, but I'm just kind of asking the question, man, how did we get here? <laughs> how did we get here? Uh, when you look out on the landscape of the church today, and, and, and specifically when you end the book of Acts, and, and, and as, we, as we kind of close the last book of Acts and uh, the last chapter of the book of Acts, and we think about uh, Luke as he's describing to each one of us the early church, and, and I just think about the early church, man. Uh, you, you, you end the book of Acts, and the early church is unified in a mission. They're unified as a people, <laughs> They are unified in their understanding of discipleship and theology and worship and the scriptures. Um, they, 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 are, they are unified in what it means to be a follower of Christ and what that looks like. And then I think about that in comparison to where we are in the landscape of the church today. And it just seems that we find ourselves so incredibly fragmented. They tell us there's over 40,000 different denominations. There's a lack of unity in the church today in terms of doctrine and even more so in terms of our practice. And so I ask the question, like, how, how did we get here? <laughs> how did we get here? Because, you know, we, we end the book of Acts and the church is unified. They're unified in all the things we described. And then uh, we're just saying, well, man, how in the world did we get here? Well, I'll not only ask that question to not answer it, um, but this morning, we don't really have the time to get into that question of how did we get here. But I want us to look at a picture of the book of Acts and see something that is so critical to what we've been considering here in Matthew chapter 6. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Acts and find chapter 2. Now, Jesus was teaching this passage on anxiety and worry. He, he was really teaching his followers what it looks like to live their life without those things. Uh, Jesus, as we talked about last week, remember we, we considered the cares of my life are many. How many of you just raise your hand and attest to the fact you got a lot of cares and concerns in your life today? Can I see your hand? How many of you hold it up? Hold it way high. We all see it. Look around the room. Yeah, the cares of my life are many. And, and Jesus, in response to that, is saying, don't be anxious about your life. 
Uh, Jesus is saying, take no thought for your life. Notice Jesus here in this passage is, is, is challenging every one of us to take it a day at a time. When, when Jesus says, do not be anxious about your life, what he's really in effect saying is, I don't want you to worry about your life. But I wonder how many of us are doing really great at that. How many honest people in church, you'd say, there are some things in my life today I'm worried about. That's your hand. Truly worried about. Not just anxious about, not just that it happened and then the response of anxiety, but it's a, it's a thing that's finding itself on repeat in your mind. And our minds are just spinning on repeat over this thing that we're truly anxious and worried about. And Jesus is talking to some followers, but notice in Matthew, in Acts chapter 2, we find um, a portrait of a church that was unified in some things corporately. And if you look at Acts chapter 2 and then find verse 42, notice these descriptions, four things that this church in the book of Acts was unified in. They devoted themselves, the Bible says, to the apostles' teach teaching, to doctrine, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to, what's the last thing? Prayers. And the church did that collectively. They collectively devoted themselves to doctrine, the breaking of bread, fellowship, and prayers. And when I think about anxiety in our life, when I think about the things that every one of us in life battle with and we struggle with, I find it interesting that in Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus is, is describing for us, hey, do not be anxious about your life. What, what Jesus wants every one of us this morning to experience is to understand that, that, that our lives do not have to be filled with worry. To understand that our life can be consumed with, with great meaning and great purpose. And, and I wonder how many of us just find ourselves on mental repeat. And if we were to go back and we were to add up the days or the months and years of our life that was spent on that. How much of our life has been spent wasted on worry? Things that may never happen, things that more likely never will happen, and yet we find ourselves so concerned by it, we find ourselves so anxious about it, and, 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 and Jesus, notice, he, he, he does not want our thoughts to be consumed on things that, that aren't taking us anywhere, but are just spending us in this constant cycle of anxiety. And notice in that day, remember we looked at this last week, in that day, Jesus' followers, people in his day were concerned with some things. What were they in the passage? Someone shout them out. What, what were some things in Jesus' day people were concerned about? Food and what else? Clothing and what else? Drink. What, what, what am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? How am I going to eat? And notice he makes this phrase that, that is so hard hitting. He says in verse 32, for the Gentiles seek after those things. What Jesus is saying is that pagan people seek after those things. And he follows it up with this phrase that your heavenly father knows that you need them all. Jesus is saying, he's not saying that food, drink, clothing are unimportant. Jesus is saying they're important. But there is actually something far more important. And that's what he says in verse 33, to seek first the kingdom of God. God. He says the life of a Gentile, the life of a pagan, is to allow these things to so dominate our minds that we find ourselves consumed by them 
And you can call it whatever you want. Some people call it anxiety. Some people call it concern. Some people call it worry. But, but the result is the same. For all of us, that worry is this thing that is kind of like we talked about last week. It's this mental and emotional strangulation, right? It's this thing that we, we latch our mind onto something and we're trying to wrestle it out and trying to figure it out. And we can't really figure it out. And so our minds kind of goes on this constant repeat of worry. It dominates our mind. It fragments our mind. And what Jesus is saying about his followers is that they ought to have a single-minded focus. Jesus is challenging every one of us today as we enter this new year on our single-minded focus. But first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, verse 33, and all these things. The, all the things that we're spending our mind on repeat, all the things that we're anxious and worried and consumed by and fragmented, and our whole, our whole being has just found itself into all of these places, and we're trying to make sense of it, and we can't make sense of it. And Jesus is just saying, center your mind. Focus your mind on one thing. And what is that for his followers? Someone tell me. What are we to center, focus our mind on? The what? The kingdom of God. Seek first, Jesus said, the kingdom of God. Jesus is teaching in this passage that the remedy to a worrisome life is to seek his kingdom and his righteousness above all else. But you know what? You might be here this morning and you're saying to yourself, oh, it was good to hear that last week, but how do we do that? I find it this week in my study that it's no coincidence that Jesus' teaching on worry in Matthew 6 is directly tied to the same chapter that Jesus teaches on prayer in Matthew 6. If you have your Bible, and I trust you do, would you back up a few verses in your Bible to Matthew 6, find verse 9? Actually, Jesus had began teaching on prayer in this passage that birthed into an understanding of what it means to have a single-minded focus for the kingdom of God. Jesus is giving us what many of us refer to as the Lord's Prayer, but it's not the Lord's Prayer. It's really our prayer. It's a model prayer. It's a prayer for the church. I love what Albert Muller said. Uh, listen, listen to what he writes. He says, there is no first person singular pronouns in the entire prayer. One of the besetting sins of evangelicalism is our obsession with individualism. The first person singular pronouns reign in our thinking. We tend to think about everything, nearly everything, including the truths of God's word, only as it relates to me. And this is why when Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, he emphasizes from the very outset that we are part of a corporate people called the church. Jesus is teaching the church in Matthew 6 how to pray and then explaining to the church what it will look like in each one of our lives personally as we gather collectively to seek first the kingdom of God. Would you stand with me this morning? We're going to read the Lord's Prayer, or I should say our prayer, the model prayer of the church. Would you lift up your voice as we read out verses 9 through verse 13? Lift up your voice. Jesus said, pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread 
And forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now right there, Jesus is giving each one of us this model of what it means to seek God's kingdom first. So this morning we're going to do something maybe a little different than we normally would. And we're going to work through the model prayer through a lens of anxiety, through a lens in Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus says, don't be anxious about your life, but seek first the kingdom of God. Can I ask you a question? This year, as we are endeavoring by God to move forward this year in faith to what he has for us, how is our church, how is Catawba Valley Baptist Church this year, how are we going to seek first the kingdom of God? How are we corporately going to seek first God's kingdom. And this morning, we're going to consider just three simple things that pertain not just personally to our lives, but they pertain to us corporately as God's people. All right? Would you stand? Would you be seated with me? So the first one, are you up and down this morning? That's all right. First one, how, how, how are we as a faith family to seek God's kingdom first? How does it happen? Number one, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Verse 9, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We acknowledge him. Prayer begins by acknowledging God's majesty. It begins by acknowledging his worthiness. It begins by acknowledging that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's, it's considering the wonder of who he is and his character. I'm telling you, friends, we serve a great God. And some of us find ourselves in the pit of anxiety because we have lost sight of who our God is. And the prayer begins with this, acknowledge him. So can I just ask you a question, as if no one else in this room knew, but, but if you were going to help, help us understand who our God is this morning, how would you describe him to somebody else? Lift up your voice and just shout it out this morning. Who is our God? He's faithful. He's our Father. Keep saying it. He's never failing. Keep going. He is love. He is the Almighty. He is ever-present. He is what? He is wise. Absolute. Keep going. He's our creator. What else? He is forgiving. He is our healer. He's our shepherd. He's our father. He's our daddy. It's this personal relationship with God. Someone tell me some others. Who is our God? He's our defender, huh? He's our source of strength. He's gentle. He's patient. He's kind. Huh? He's life. What? He's our friend. He's merciful. Forever. Man, this is what heaven's going to be like for all the ages. Just ascribing worth and majesty and power and dominion to our God who reigns forever and ever. And, 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 and as a church, we need to acknowledge him. We acknowledge him. How, how, how do we find ourselves in a pit of despair, in a pit of anxiety, is because I think many of us find ourselves worrying about things and when we find ourselves on that mental repeat of worry, what we have done is in a sense, we're playing God. We're saying, I gotta figure out how to make this thing work out. 
And how many of us are the logical people, right? In our minds, it works through this logical thing and then we hit this roadblock and we're like, it doesn't work. That doesn't seem to add up. I'm not sure how I get out of this. How? Oh my goodness. And then we find ourselves in this, in our minds. How many of your minds like my mind and we can just find ourselves in a really bad place really fast? Can I see your hand? And so what happens is we say, well, I got to try and figure this out. And then that's why worry is so discouraging because, because we end up, we end up saying, I got to solve a problem <laughs> that only God can solve. And part of, of finding ourselves out of this worrisome life is acknowledging God. Verse 32, Jesus said, for the Gentiles seek all these things. And your heavenly father, what's the next word in verse 32? And your heavenly father, what? knows that you need them all. So this morning, we're going to enter into a time of prayer. We're going to circle up in groups of about five or six. And I want someone in your group to take the lead and then someone else as feel led to just begin to enter into a season of prayer. And let's together as a church this morning corporately acknowledge him. Acknowledge God. And the things in our heart today, what are we confessing to the Lord? We're confessing the worries of our heart. The Bible says, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. We don't confess our sins to one another to be forgiven. Only God can forgive. But when we confess the sins of our heart to somebody else, there's this healing, bonding, unifying work <laughs> that I can't really describe apart from the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit that happens in our life when we confess our sins to one another. So we're going to gather in prayer groups and we're going to confess our worries and we're going to acknowledge him. Because as we confess the worries of our heart this morning, we do so with verse 32 in mind. Our heavenly Father knows. God already knows your worry. But sometimes we need to know that God knows, that he knows, that we know that, that, that he knows. You know. So would you huddle up this morning? Jessica's going to come and play find five or six people right around you this morning. We're just going to take a few moments. Someone in the group, take the leadership, begin praying. Others join in. Let's confess our worries to the Lord and let's acknowledge him this morning as the head of our church. Father, this morning we confess the things in our heart that have really are too big for us, things that are beyond our control and Lord, things that we're unable to do. And, and Lord, in the midst of all of it, we've, we've asserted ourselves as God in the equation. And Lord, this morning we pray that as a church, we'd humble ourselves, that we would recognize your rightful place in our life. And Lord, that we would trust you uh, through these things that we've confessed this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. You can turn right around where you are at. So how does our church family collectively seek God and his kingdom first? It begins with first acknowledging him, but secondly, as a church, it, be, it, it continues with the fact of surrendering to him, that we acknowledge him and then we surrender to him. Notice uh, in Matthew chapter 6, find verse 10, uh, after we are to confess that, that God is our father, and recognize his rightful place in our life. Uh, verse 10, Jesus says, Your kingdom come, your will be done, as 
on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is uh, inviting every one of us to enter into this prayer that in acknowledging God, we might surrender to him. You say, Pastor Aaron, what does it mean to surrender to God? Well, it means that our life yields to him. My mind yields to his. My heart yields to his. My will yields to his. My agenda yields to him. You know, the most critical thing in life is finding out what matters most and centering our life around it. And Jesus says, partly as, as, as a church pursues the kingdom of God, they do so in acknowledging him, but secondly, they do so collectively in yielding to him, in yielding to the Lord. So many of us, our minds are so preoccupied with worry. I was listening to a message this past week where the pastor challenged the people. He said, uh, he said, when you ask a person how they're doing, the most typical response people say is what? Fine, but probably the next busy, or the next, the next one is I'm, I'm busy. And he goes on to describe, and it was so helpful for me as he described that to be busy is just another word to be preoccupied. And what we're really saying is we tell people that we're busy, we're preoccupied. And some of us this morning, worry has become that preoccupying thing in our life. And how is God to use your life? How is God to use your life for his kingdom when your life is so preoccupied with something else? And rather than having this single-minded devotion of seeking first the kingdom of God, all of us are preoccupied, many of us are preoccupied with something else. Something else that we can't even change, but our mind's preoccupied with it. And so what must we do in moments like that? We must surrender to him. Every one of us needs to shift our focus this morning off of the things that are preoccupying our minds and turn our thoughts this morning to God's sufficiency. You know, there's not a lot. Some of us spend so many days and weeks worrying about something only to not be able to change it. And we've, 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 we build in our mind this, 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 this future that seems pretty terrible. <laughs> and we can't do anything about our worry, but what we need to do is we need to shift from our worry about something and begin to prepare ourselves for something. And that's what Jesus is saying in verse 10. He is asking and inviting us to enter into this praying for God's kingdom to come, God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's shifting our gaze off of the things that we're so preoccupied with in life and pursuing his purpose for our life. And when we do that, we, we, we know, how, how many of you know what it's like to be in those moments where you have this single-minded focus, this, this devotion to Jesus Christ, and everything in life just means, it just seems to make sense. But then we all know what it's like to find ourselves moving away from God and everything in our life begins to become so fuzzy and disoriented and, 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 and fragmented and we just can't seem to make sense of anything. We're seeking our own agenda, rather the kingdom of heaven. And so this morning, we acknowledge him. 
But secondly, we surrender to Him. We surrender to Him. This morning, we're not going to do this now corporately in, in, in prayer groups. We're going to do this privately. And I, I'm going to ask Jessica to come again and to play just as we enter into another season of prayer. And, and right now, I, I, I want you to pray and bow your head personally. Would you do that? Would you just bow before the Lord this morning? And as we think about the things that we just confessed in our prayer groups, the worries, the things that are heavy on our heart, now as you're thinking about that for you, what would it look in your life right now if you were to surrender to God in that thing? What, what would it look like, rather than to be finding yourself mentally spinning over the same thing, the thing that you're worried about, what might it look like for you to yield your will to His? To yield your mind to Him? And to yield to His agenda? And you say, well, that's not the agenda I had for myself. Well, would you trust Him in it? Would you trust him through it? Would you trust that God could chart a, a better course for your life than the one that you could chart for yourself? And, and, and we're wrestling this morning with a whole bunch of things and we, we can't seem to make sense of it and we're worried about it. And, and having already confessed it this morning, would you yield to him in it? Would you surrender to him in it? And prayerfully this morning as you just talk to the Lord, what, what would it look like in your life today if rather than be so consumed with worry about that thing, what would it look like if you began to seek His kingdom first in that first in your life? And how might your life shift from being so worried and, and feeling like you've lost control of everything to now pursuing His kingdom and His purpose and His will in your life? And how might you move into a step of preparation in your life to do something that He wants you to do for His glory? you just rest and fall into the arms and grace of Jesus this morning? God, we don't take enough responsibility sometimes in our life for our spiritual journey, for the path you have us on. We assign ourselves so often to uh, relinquishing our own spiritual walk into other things, into, into a person's sermon or into a book or in, 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 into, into personal relationships with friends. And, and God, this morning, you want us to take some personal ownership in our spiritual journey. You, you want us to, to, to lay down some things that have been holding us back and by your grace this morning, Lord, find you to be sufficient find you to be so sufficient for the things that we struggle with. God, this morning as a church, we're yielding to your spirit. We're, we are saying as a people, we want what you want. And Lord, we need your help in it. And we're thankful this morning for your grace. That's going to help us through. We confess this all in the mighty name of Jesus. Everyone says, Amen.
So as a church, how are we this year to find ourselves seeking God's kingdom first? First, it begins with acknowledging him. Secondly, it begins by surrendering to him. And thirdly, and lastly this morning, it begins by being led by him. Being led by him. Notice verse 13. Jesus invites us to pray in this way. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Charles Spurgeon said, if you pray... If you pray God not to lead you in temptation, do not lead others there as well. So this is a battle cry for the church. This is the church coming together as we look at this verse and we say and we recognize that, that God is leading us. And, and we're praying for God to lead us not in temptation, but to deliver us from evil. It is the prayer of the overcomer. It's what First John says in First John 5. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And that's what Jesus is talking about in Matthew 6 as he's thinking about people's lives and as he's thinking about the challenges that they face in life. And that's why in verse 30 of chapter 6, notice in your Bible, turn there with me, in verse 30 of chapter 6, uh, Jesus is just reminding his disciples, he says, but if God so clothes the grass of the field which is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, how much, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little, what's the next word? Faith. Matthew 6 is an invitation for you and I to seek God and to trust God. It's a call to faith. It's a call to faith. It's a call to being an overcomer. It's a call to endurance. It's a call to not allow our minds to be Uh, burdened by the worries of life that would weigh us down, but to find the peace of God and to know a single-minded focus for God. And so this morning, I don't know what God's speaking to your heart about. Man, I certainly don't have a clue what you've been through this week. But this morning in our time together, I wonder how is the Spirit of God moving in your heart and maybe He's asking you just these simple questions this morning. Where is your focus? Where is your focus? If we're honest this morning, some of us might be focused on some far lesser things. This morning, he's giving you an invitation to to seek his kingdom first and in that, this promise that all those other things that you're worried about, God will add that to you. This is not a prosperity gospel message. This is not a name it and claim it message. This is a God will take care of you. Just the other week, we were home, and uh, Ashlyn has these little Barbies. And someone gave her this babysitter Barbie and these little two Barbies. And so we're there in the living room, and Jessica's getting dinner ready, and then she starts to sing. She starts to sing. And she's singing this song, and as she's singing, I'm like, wow, that's, that's really good. Did she just make that up? And then she like repeats it and I'm like, oh my goodness, we have a child genius, you know? Because I've never heard this song before. Never heard this before. And Jessica comes in the room. I said, Jessica, Jessica, hear, do you hear what she's saying? And it's this good night song. Somebody taught it to her. I think mom or Andrea or somebody. And at the very end of it is this little last line that um, Jesus will take care of you. But she can only say, Jesus will take you. <laughs> But Jesus will take care of you. 
and he'll take you. But that's, that's the invitation. It, it's not to come to him and you're giving up all these other things that are truly needed in life. It's coming to him, recognizing that he knows what you need and he will take care of you. And all these things, Jesus said, will be added unto you if you would but simply seek my kingdom first. And I recognize as, as a church this year, by God's grace, we're excited about what 23 holds, man. I'm looking forward to some great things as a church this year. I hope by God's grace you are. But it begins when we collectively as a people acknowledge him. We surrender to him and we are being led by him. George Mueller said, faith does not operate in the realm of what is possible. There is no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's power ends. So when we pray, and at the end of every prayer, we say, in Jesus' name, amen. When we're saying amen, we're we're saying, let it be so. It's this agreement. it's, It's as we end the Lord's prayer, Lord, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's this, it's this idea that God's people are collectively seeking his kingdom first. They're moving forward in faith. And it's this battle cry of, Lord, where you lead, we will follow. And so this morning, I, I don't know where you are in life. I, I certainly can't comprehend all the worries in this room. But I know if you're anything like me, we get ourselves in a spot and then we just go on spin cycle. And this morning, I wonder, what are those things in life that we're not trusting God in? And he wants us to gather this morning to enter into a new way of living, to enter into a new year, um, following his leading and all of these things, to be a people that are faith-filled, that, that, we, would, that we would seek the Lord and trust the Lord. So would you bow your heads with me this morning as we confess all of this to him. Father, thank you this morning for your spirit and for how you've guided and led in our time. It is, Lord, with hearts of honesty, we recognize there are things, God, sometimes many things that we worry about. Um, It really, Lord, reveals a lack of trust. It reveals a lack of dependence. It reveals a a lack of, of knowing and trusting in your character. And so, Lord, some of us, as we're going into this next year, Lord, uh, take us deeper in, 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 in your character that we might, Lord, know you deeper. That, Lord, we could say that, Lord, you have proven yourself faithful again and again. And, and Lord, that thing in our life this morning that some of us are so hung up about, Lord, we pray that this morning we would, Lord, in acknowledging you and your rightful place in it as we surrender that to you, Lord, we understand that as you're going to lead us as a church in the days ahead, you want to lead faith-filled people. And so, Lord, we pray that faith would be in our hearts. We love you and we thank you so much for your love for us. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Jessica's going to play and just an open opportunity, a time of response to what God's done in our life this morning. I know we've already responded in the message, but, but now maybe the Lord's leading you to respond in a different way. There's some cards up here, some those in our church have requested prayer. Maybe, maybe this morning God would have you come and just 
right now enter into the battle fray of somebody else and, and pray with them and for them and what they're going through. However God's leading you this morning, maybe it's to follow Him for salvation, maybe it's to unite with our church, whatever the Lord's doing in your life this morning. As Jessica plays, we invite you to respond, take a step towards the Lord this morning.